0: Beautiful souls, it's Julie Jances here. I've been getting a lot of questions about the services that I offer, so I just want to run through this real quick. I offer one-on-one readings by phone, Skype, and in person in Wheaton and Naperville, Illinois. I also offer Reiki training and my own angel school, where you can learn how to communicate with your angels. Another thing that I do is I offer a lot of speaking engagements. I do a lot of speaking engagements. If you'd like me to come speak at your church or in your community, please get in touch. You can learn about all of this on my website at www.jancis.com. That's J A N C I U S.com. You're listening to Angels and Awakening, where we believe daily life can be lived from a constant state of love joy, peace, bliss, ease, and grace. Why are people always searching for a better way to live? Because there is one. Life doesn't have to be stress-filled and anxiety-ridden. You can make lasting changes that lead to a life you love. My name's Julie Jancis. I have the gift of connecting with angels and bringing through their healing, positive messages to my clients every day. Join us on the Angels and Awakening podcast each week as we explore big spiritual questions, interview experts, and bring through angel messages. I am so excited you're here. Welcome to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host, Julie Jancis. Today we have on Lisa Marie Runfola. Lisa and I go back um, a ways like probably seven, eight years. And she is now a Hay House author, the author of the book, A Limitless Life in a Powerless World. The book just came out. And so we're going to be talking about the book today. But I just have to say, Lisa and I came together a couple of months before this big um, event that Spirit brought into my life. So Lisa and I... um both have a child that was born with Noonan syndrome. And Noonan syndrome can present itself in children in so many different ways. I mean, the list is just probably five pages long of the different symptoms that can present. And it, it's really different for each child. But I know we're going to get to this, but both of our children were really in a hard spot for a long time. And There was a point at which I was able to get nursing care for Elle when she was really young. And everybody around me said, sleep, 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 use this time and just sleep. And I couldn't because I knew that six months earlier, my child had almost passed away and I couldn't. Let that happen to other families. I knew how to start nonprofit organizations. I had done it before, and I knew that that's what this community needed. So um, there was already an organization out there, and I asked if I could just join and help that effort. But um, they were actually close to shutting their doors, and they ended up coming to me and saying, We were supposed to run this conference this summer. This was probably February. The conference was supposed to happen in the summer. And they said, if we don't, we we can't do this. We haven't been able to raise the money, but if you think you can, we'll pass this over to you. So I remember getting in the shower one day and being like, okay, God, (laughs) what do I do? I have no idea here. We thought it would be about 66,000. That was just after, you know, two days of running the numbers and seeing what it might be to hold a conference for. I don't, it was over 100 people. Uh, And we decided if we could raise half of what we thought it would cost, so $33,000 in three days, our board of directors said then they would be on board in putting the rest of the conference together and holding this conference for families, which would really be giving people the life changing information that they needed to help their children, because this information just wasn't out there at the time. $33,000 in three days. This is what came to me in the shower. And I remember calling you up Lisa and saying, can we do this? And you said, well, here's your first $5,000. You can do this. That was just all the hope I needed. And we did, but it it started with you. And that conference was put on because of your support.
1: Wow, okay, I have tears right now listening because you're taking me back. One, I have to say, this goes with my limitless thinking. I always find a way to do and help somehow. And I was, while you were just doing the introduction right now, Julie, I was picturing where I was in my life when you called and I received that phone call. And you're not going to believe this. And I just, it just popped at me right now. I was in Western New York uh for the care of my uh ex-husband with his cancer. And I I was in and I was in our rented apartment with my three children. My son was only nine years old at the time and and my other two were teenagers. And my my husband and my two little babies were in Paris, France. Mm -hmm. And I remember you calling me and I remember calling my husband in Paris saying, I need five thousand dollars right now for the for the Noonan Syndrome Foundation conference that we're going to attend or else all these people that are expecting to go will not be able to go. Mm -hmm. And I, at that point when you called me, I just knew that it was something that we would be able to do. And with my limitless thinking that I always have, I didn't know I'd be sitting here today in 2019 on this podcast with you connected once again in our lifetime. (laughs) And I've already lived and moved across the world, um, probably five, six times. Mm -hmm. And here we are back in, I'm not even from the Chicago area. And, and we're on this together and you're telling the story. So there's, there's much more to this, but yes, I'm happy I was able to help out. And here we are today again, Julie.
0: Oh, I know it's so incredible. Well, thank you for your support back then. Thank you for your support today. Um, I want to talk about your book, "A Limitless Life in a Powerless World." So, you started writing this book when your ex-husband, who was still your best friend, even though you had been remarried, got sick, and he was going through cancer. And not only were you there for him, but you were there. To be the rock for your children at the time. And so, so give us some takeaways from the book.
1: Yeah, so A Limitless Life in a Powerless World is a teaching memoir, and I've been writing my whole life. And I, I've always had, I'm a pen-to-paper writer, um, author, so I write on yellow legal pads. This is how I, I, I get my information and, and, and how I, I process it all. And it's a teaching memoir on the point that at the end of each chapter, it has questions for us to reflect on and for us to ponder and to go on our day. And we can either use them for book club or use them for ourselves. But um, basically, uh, A Limitless Life in a Powerless World is um, the story of myself um, and how I've changed my life after having a light bulb moment. I had no idea how my new life would be changing me. But um, I found throughout uh, parenthood of raising five children, going through divorce and the grief of, and death of my grandfather, and then my ex-husband, um, I, just, I, just, I found that uh, I'm bringing introspection and inspiration to those who are looking for limitless opportunities in powerless circumstances in my story. Mm-hmm. So I just went inside internally. And I, when I was silenced, when my voice was silenced, I began to write really aggressively writing. And, um, after my ex-husband passed away, I was getting a lot of downloaded information. I didn't know at the time that's what it was, but I would be sleeping. Um, I'd put my head down on the pillow and I would just wake up and I would just start writing on my yellow legal pad. And I began to notice the difference in my handwriting. The writing that I got uh, received that was automatically downloaded from Spirit. I'd like to think that it's from him. I know that it is mm-hmm. um, was different than my writing where if I was sitting, you know, at my desk or at my lap, at, at my laptop, at my computer, writing my myself. So it kept coming at me, nudging me and nudging me and saying, you need to you need to get this out. You need you have a message here to mm-hmm. deliver, and you need to get it out in into the public. So I began my quest um, in 2017, June of 2017, I flew out to Maui to a Hay House Writers Workshop. And at that point, I didn't know um, if I was going to be self-publishing or following the traditional publishing route. I'm actually published with Balboa Press, which is an affiliate of Hay House. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I went there and I, I went because I had a story. And I didn't know how to get the story out, so I went to meet. I didn't go to the workshop to learn how to write. I already knew how to write, so I thought <laughs> I um I went to meet and meet and listen and to gain uh, as much information as I could on how I wanted to to get published, to be published, to to get my message out. And I returned home. Uh, I went there on June twenty third, twenty seventeen. I signed with Balboa Press July. Seven, 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 seventeen. all these sevens kept coming in. (laughs) And, and I went home and I had all this information on my yellow legal pads. And I, and I was, look, I was, I was, didn't know what to do. I still wasn't really quite sure how to get it all into a format. And I was okay with word, but I just liked writing on my paper. And I, Wish I could be Dr. Wayne Dyer and just hand it to somebody and say, here, put this in a book, but that wasn't me. I was a first-time author. And um, I was looking for the cheerleader. I was looking for somebody to do the rah-rah, you can do this, this is a great story, you need to get it published. While I was out at the writer's workshop, I had read, I don't know if I can give, I'm going to do a little plug here. I, yeah. I, I met a woman, um, her name's Kelly Notaris from K and Literary Arts. She's out in Colorado. She has an incredible business and I have to say that her company literally saved me at that moment. Um, I I filled out their questionnaire. One day her business card fell out of one of the uh, books that I received at the workshop and I looked at it and I said, oh my gosh, I met that sparkling bright woman with this amazing smile and I couldn't get her out of my mind. And I was so intimidated to fill out her questionnaire online, which is free. There's no you can just call and talk to somebody and they'll tell you what you need or what you don't need, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. So I filled out the questionnaire the next day I received a call from her company, and on board there I was with a writing coach and an editor, all in one. It was amazing. And I signed up for this, and i i was I was hooked I was put together with an incredible editor. But I also um, felt that I needed a little bit of assistance with myself, but little did I know what I was really going to receive. Um, My coach brought me to places that I had hidden underneath the bed in the back of the closet, and I would hand her a a completed chapter that I thought was done, and she'd hand it back and she'd say, your reader wants more. And that's what the coaching uh, really was all about. And how i explain the process of of becoming an a being a writer and becoming an author and a published author is i had a whole manuscript put together and i i explain it i use a metaphor like a king size bed um you you it's very difficult to make a king size bed you have it all, all made the sheets are all pressed the pillows are all fluffed up it looks beautiful you get into it and the next morning you wake up and your fitted sheet is off the bed your comforter's off the bed and you look and you go oh my gosh where do i begin mm-hmm. well this kind of is this is sort of what happened with the manuscript i handed it to my editor i'm like here i'm done here's my story and she calls me up and she's you know or sent no she actually sent me a 15 page document back which was amazing she said you're a great writer you write like poetry your words flow like poetry she said but we're going to work on the structure and i'm like structure what is a structure what do you mean my story's <laughs> done and it's kind of like waking up and looking at your bed and not knowing how to put it back together again and, um, or having to do the task. She took down all the walls we rebuilt, and um, about a year and a half later, we ended up with A Limitless Life in a Powerless World, and it's, it's really a wonderful, fast, quick read. And I'm already right on, onward to writing my second book called Unstuck, and um, that's about being stuck and why we're stuck and why we stay stuck. And it's going to be more written in a methodology form. So it's a more of a methods process, uh, seven habits to help our, ourselves stay unstuck. And, but back to a limitless life in a powerless world, um, it teaches you and inspires you how to go through life with limitless thinking when we're put up against powerless circumstances. hmm Yes.
0: Now, you and I have both been through this with our children who, God bless them, didn't ask for um, this genetic mutation that they were born with. But it's come up in, in different ways and presented itself in different ways. And uh, so there's just certain things that you can bond with certain people over, right? And I know um, we almost lost Al, which is... The worst night of my entire life when she was just three months old Uh, she was having all of this acid reflux which they didn't realize at the time and she wasn't eating so they had already given her a feeding tube going down her nose into her stomach which didn't help the acid reflux coming up and inside her airway she had all of these complications that needed surgery so when they did the surgery it created so much inflammation in there to begin with but then the acid reflux came in and just inflamed it to the point where it would swell shut within her breathing airway and um Losing her was just one of the hardest things that we had ever gone through. We had to work through a bunch of PTSD after that, both my husband and I. But you almost lost your daughter twice. And
1: yeah, so our daughter has um flipped gene mutation, PTPN eleven gene mutation. She has same syndrome called Noonan syndrome, and but our daughter had a pulmonary volatomy when she was eight months old. She had to have open heart surgery in uh, Rochester, New York. And at the time, I had just finished going through divorce, and we didn't have really anybody in our life. Um, when you go through a divorce, this happens. And there's, it's, it, it, I have a chapter in my book about this. and Chapter 12 is called The Leap of Faith. And I surrendered, and I gave it all back to God. I felt a calling, and I followed it. I chose to live my life with purpose instead of living in agonizing falseness and I stepped away from my comfort zone, walking away from everything I thought I wanted and needed, and an amazing thing happened. A whole new world opened up. I followed a light that guided me home. It wasn't pretty by any stretch. Actually, it was quite ugly. That's the opening of chapter 12. And what I mean by this is, we were facing open heart surgery with our infant, and I had three children previous from my first marriage. And they were all healthy. And I, you know, I didn't understand why I was giving this child with this genetic mutation. And I write about that in my story. And at that point, I knew that I just needed to show up. And there's a, there's a quote and a message that, that I received from God. And I write about this in chapter 12. And my quote is, God provides the backdrop. We just need to show up. Mm. Show up and let be, I heard Let go and let God, he will provide I had no, but we had nobody uh, around us for support And our daughter was admitted to the pediatric cardiac unit At Galisano Children's Memorial Hospital On uh, the 24th of July in, in 2007 And they lost her twice on the operating table And she's with us today She's 12 years old, she's thriving She's doing wonderfully, but she had a full pulmonary velotomy. She had two ASDs and two VSDs, which is um, the atrial, you know, small holes in her heart. And so I write about this and I, I reflect back on it today because I was in a very powerless situation, but I chose to have this limitless thinking and I chose to give it to God. And I said, I, I I questioned and I asked myself, how could you, you know, give us this beautiful child and and take her away so quickly? And um it it really it, it, it has really formed the rest of my life going forward from that from that surgery, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um and that moment that all of this had happened and that she was alive, but not knowing what her life would be going forward was probably the scariest time ever in my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't know, we had never heard of Noonan syndrome. We didn't know to what extent, you know, we were, you know, your child is diagnosed, but actually she wasn't diagnosed with Noonan syndrome until a year later because she had so many blood transfusions, but they said she had a very Noonan-ish heart. So it was, it was skeptical, but we didn't get a, a, a true diagnosis. Until a whole year after.
0: Well, so- I remember. So, this was Elle was born in 2011. And um, at that time, I remember the geneticist coming in and saying, I'm not testing her for Noonan syndrome. She doesn't have it. She doesn't look like a Noonan kid. And I said, Please just run the test. We've been through hell over the last, you know, three months. Just run the test. And he ran the test and it came back positive. But Genetics, you know, and medicine is uh, amazing. It's come so far, but it's got light years to go. And I think about all the people out there who do have this syndrome, but never knew because they weren't born in a time when... They were able to test for all of it. I think in 2011, they were only able to test for, I don't know if it was eight or 10 genes. And now there's what, 15 plus?
1: Yeah. I wanted to even say four or five. I mean, I only knew at the time, maybe a four or five. And our geneticist um, team at uh, Strong Memorial that had come around said to my husband, there's adults walking through life that have the syndrome that don't even know. Because if you don't have a heart problem, not every, not every uh, mutation has the heart like I don't think your daughter didn't have open heart surgery or have any heart difficulties, correct
0: she's Is got that- pulmonary valve stenosis, but it's gotten a lot better
1: oh, that's good, so Anna Claire had pulmonary valve stenosis, and she um that she had to she had a very thickened heart valve though, and her gradient was very high, mm-hmm. so we had she had to go into the surgery or she would have died yeah. so yeah, yeah, we had to do that
0: so let's talk about being empathic because you're a very highly empathic person, as am I, as are many of our listeners. And before we got on the call today, we were talking about how it's hard to be around a lot of people. Talk it to is. us about that. It is. So I'm a, I'm a chatterbox.
1: I'm a Gemini. I absolutely love people. I, I adore, you know, I really love to be out and about and love a party. But my whole life, I'd show up after going out and being, you know, even a school event. I'd come home and, you know, the first thing I wanted to do is just get undressed, put my pajamas on, get comfortable. And I was always exhausted. And I never, I never really recognized why I was so, I didn't know the word empath. You know, empathic, it might have existed 25, 30 years ago, but I had no idea. And so I... This is where a lot of my writing started. I resorted as a child back to my room. I loved to be in my childhood room as a child, writing and writing poetry. And I stayed to myself, even though I loved to be out in the spotlight, it was exhausting for me. And I, you know, I just didn't feel good after. And I would, I would be drained. And I would go back to my room and I'd write and I'd write and I'd write. And I'd write all these things and make up all these stories. And I think a lot of the stories I made up as a child... And the poetry that I wrote when I look back is, is the life I wanted to be living. Mm-hmm. So I had to think through, I had to live it through my own writing because it was too exhausting for me to be out and around, you know, a, a big crowd of, of friends and people. And I also had relationships one-on-one or two to three friends at a time, but a large group of friends, I was never truly myself or could be comfortable and mm-hmm. I always thought, well, maybe I can't get along with people. Well, maybe you know, as a teenager, I didn't go to the big parties, I didn't do these things. And now, as an adult, I realize it's because I was absorbing all of their energy, negative whatever, and it just drained me. So, mm-hmm. um, for I'm fortunate that I was able to come to a time in my life where I recognized that i that I am an empath and. Now I'm able to, to make choices. I'm able to choose at my age who I wanna go and have lunch with. And that is a great place to be in life. And I think it's very important for an empath um, to self-care. There's a section of self-care in my book. I touch on that in a limitless life in a powerless world. I take a lot of Epsom salts baths. I really, really try to keep my health up. I travel a lot and I, I try to really keep myself up and protect myself from any the negative energy that we that we come upon each day and there's so much negativity in the world and I think that my my internal self and my limitless thinking and the way that I think keeps me grounded it keeps Mm me where I need to be so that when I'm faced with a powerless circumstance and I'm I'm faced with a negative person I'm able to now have more more control, listen to them, but not absorb their issue or their problem or their negative energy because mm-hmm. I have this constant high, I stay at a very high vibration, julie. yeah, i stay I stay at a very high vibration and I stay I'm in a very positive thinking process all the time. And when I find that my thinking changes to a negative process or there's negative words coming out of my mouth, that's when I'm drained and I cannot function. Mm-hmm. So as an empath, it's important to recognize first that you are an empathic. It's important to, to I would say, uh, look at your schedule, look at your time and think ahead of time and prepare yourself who you're going to be around or how much you can control. Don't, don't go full force and join up for the PTA and all these things when it's going to drain your health. Even mm-hmm. though you want to do it, you either have to protect yourself while doing it. Um, some people believe in black tourtournamine. Tourtournamine is that how you pronounce it? Um, the black stone, the bracelet. You know, I mm-hmm. wear a lot of energy bracelets. That that's helped. The Epsom salts bath. Uh, I would say keep your keep yourself up. Keep yourself in a positive mode. And mm-hmm. when you read when you read my book, the teaching memoir it'll help and inspire you and it'll teach you how to stay in this positive thinking process. And, uh, it was very important for me to get that message out.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, Totally. And what spirit shows me too is that being an empath is on a scale. You could be very slightly empathic. You could be to the nth degree, very highly empathic. And you have to recognize where you are on the scale because you and I and many of our listeners are to the nth degree, very highly empathic. And one of the things that I've learned over the last couple of years working with all of my clients is that the energy truly did shift around 2011, 2012, where you and I, we were born into an old energetic system within the world. And there's a new energetic system that's here today. And the way that empaths really function in both of those systems is 100% different. So in the old energy, the way that you and I were born into it, if you and I were best friends in 1980 and you had a really crap day, you called me and you're just unloading, right? All of everything that happened. And I'm just sitting there and absorbing it like you know, just sucking it all into my auric field. So then you leave the call and you're feeling better. But then I feel all of this heavy energy and I have to release it from my energy field. But we really didn't know how to do a lot of that back then. So we didn't. We just felt the heaviness of it. Now, so many people are still functioning that way today and we don't need to be, right? We don't need to be taking on other people's energy like that. And it's really something that happens subconsciously. In this new energy, what we can do is act as a tuning fork, just like you were talking about. When you keep your vibration so high, when you are really, I've got my hand right above my head, you know, just keeping that high vibration, which we show you how to do in episode number three with the meditation, you are a tuning fork that bring brings everybody else's energy around you up to that point. And you can be there for other people, but you don't have to take on their problems as your own. You don't have to be the fixer, the solver of everything. You learn more, um, I guess, when to fight your battles, when to... Uh, put more of your energy into something and more when to step back. Exactly. Yeah.
1: That's exactly at the tuning fork. I forgot about that. Yes, that is it exactly. And Mm -hmm. it's not easy to be an empath, but you, you can, you can go through your life and use it as an advantage. And uh, it's funny that you said that about how we raise the energy in the room for everybody, because my family and my closest cousin, I have a close, my closest cousin. Her name is Julie. She always says, "I just absolutely love to be around you. You make me feel so good. Mm -hmm. You know, you make me feel so good. You out, you know." And this is the response that I get from the majority of people: is, you know, I show up. God provides the backdrop. I show up, and I show up with a positive energy. I show up with a smile on my face, but a genuine, real. There's no fakeness. What you see is what you get. And Mm -hmm. if I'm not feeling Great I don't show up yeah, because I don't want to come with any any negative I don't want to come with an energy a down energy and if, if it's not my day and it's and I'm not feeling on top of the world because we can't let's be honest, we're all human we can't feel great one hundred percent of the time mm-hmm. but i I give it my best and and I give it my all and I always show up uh, with positive energy.
0: Yeah. So let me ask you this. You have questions that you ask yourself to keep yourself on track. What's one question that you use to touch base with where you are to check in with yourself? What's one question that you use most with yourself? I'm going to go back to what I just said. If I know I'm not right, if I've had, if I've had a
1: rough night sleeping or I'm not feeling up I don't show up for others because I don't want to bring down be the negative. I don't want to drain, I don't want to be the negative energy. I'm not passing mm-hmm. that along. I'm and if I, so what I do is I go I check in with myself. When I wake up in the morning, I check in with myself if I need to take an ups and salts bath. My body tells me I need to wake up by taking an ups and salts bath and I do it. Mm-hmm. So if this goes back to self-care, it's the internal self. It's it's looking within and it's feeling within to get keep your clock ticking and not keep yourself stuck. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my check in is how my body feels and, and how my mind feels. And have I received a message from spirit today that I need to deliver? Because a lot of times I know when I have a message that needs to get to someone yeah. because I'm I'm so connected. So. I, I keep myself going and I keep myself healthy. Every day is not a great day, but I stay in tune to how my body feels. And if it's not right, I try to fix it. Uh, I have a regiment. I have a, I have a, a celery juice regiment, uh, 16 ounces a day, you know, medical medium, Anthony William. Yeah. I start with my, okay, my husband has my 16 ounces of celery juice on my nightstand already this morning. I do uh, warm lemon water. I drink warm, hot lemon water uh, before bed at night, and I also drink that after, before or after my celery juice in the morning. I try to do it after, and so I have it's self care. I have mm-hmm. to take care of myself to show up. Yeah, and and if I don't, it's not good. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't want to go to that that dark place. And it is not easy every day. Every day is not a positive day. We have things that happen in our life. You know, it, this is this is life. But what <laughs> attitude? What what attitude are you showing up with? Are you showing up with a high vibration? Are you showing up looking for? Oh, gee, it's it's Monday. What am I going to do? What? Oh, this is terrible. All these terrible things happened this weekend. What is the positive self talk you're giving yourself? So right. you know, turn on something positive. Turn on turn on this podcast. Turn on. You know Julie's podcast and listen. Feed yourself with positive thoughts, and and that. And if you're only if you're feeding yourself with positive thoughts while you're surrounded with negative energy, maybe you're living in a very negative environment. Try to feed yourself with something positive. Find something positive to listen to. Listen to Brede Brown's new Netflix. Listen to Julie's podcast. Louise Hay from Hay House has many positive affirmations. Mm -hmm. There's so many videos and so many tapes.
0: Yeah, and you know, going back to what you were saying earlier about just writing, you know, being a younger girl, not knowing where to have that outlet except for through your pen and paper and just writing these stories about the life that you want to be living. That's an incredible tool as well.
1: That is a very good tool. And mm-hmm. you don't have to be a writer to write, just write down anything. And that'll really help you work through most of any issue that you're having is what I have found. And I continue writing and I, I find that there's a pattern, you know, you, you can do it through journaling. If, if that's going to make you feel better or help you, you can do it through journaling. Uh, if you're, if you're interested in writing, you know, just keep on writing, find Find a find a coach, find somebody that believes in you, believes in your story, um, so that you you can get it out there. Because Ke- as Kelly Notaris said from Kay and Literary Art, she just published a book called The Book You're Born to Write. It's phenomenal. And I to me it's a Bible for any person who wants to become published um and, and has a story. I would highly recommend her book that it just came out in um this year. Mm -hmm. and um or maybe it was 2018 maybe November I think it came out November 2018 but it's it's fresh new out and it's an incredible book to follow and anyone who's looking to be a writer I I keep this on my desk you don't have to read the whole book you can skip around chapters it's written in a in a step process uh different sections but you know if you're in the publishing marketing end and you already have a book published you can go to that if you're in the beginning, you can go to the beginning. You know, you can go anywhere you are in your writing process. Yeah. So, yeah, writing is very, very important to, for healing as oh, well. It heals. That's me. amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, Lisa, now where can people find A Limitless Life and A Powerless World, your new book? And where can they find you online? You can find me online at www.lisamarierunfula.com.
1: Runfola dot com. I have a website. I'm also on Facebook. I have an author page. It's author Lisa Marie Runfola, and you can purchase my book at Amazon dot com, Balboa Press dot uh, com, and Barnes and Noble. Uh, it's uh, my book is available in a hardcover, a softcover, and an ebook. And I'm in the process of recording audio, so it oh, will be fantastic. available in an audio form. It'll be available in audio form. And I'm also in the process of writing my second book called Unstuck and I'm, it should be out. I'm not really sure when it'll be out, maybe a year, year, year and a half with publishing, depending on how I choose to publish it this time.
0: Oh, Uh, Lisa, you're incredible. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you for being on the show today. And I know for everybody listening, we talked a lot about Noonan syndrome. If you know somebody with Noonan syndrome, if you um, have Noonan syndrome yourself, if you're curious about it, uh, I'm no longer involved with the Noonan syndrome foundation. I just kind of got it started and passed it over to others to run it. But it is uh, a wonderful organization out there with a wealth of resources. So you can definitely look them up and um, find more information through them. Thank you so much for being with us today, Lisa. And for anybody listening, if you want to, you can support us by leaving a five-star review. If you decide to leave a positive review, you will be in our drawing to win a free session with me. We pull a new winner every month, and we will be announcing it here. So definitely take advantage of that. Your name stays in there until you win. Also, if you go over to my website, www.jansis.com, you can subscribe on the website for free. And when you do that, you're entered into a jar where I just pray for everybody, all of our subscribers every morning. So thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week and um, open up your heart to all of the many, many blessings that God, Spirit, your loved ones, your angels are really trying to bring through to you today, this week. Bless you all. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Disclaimer, this podcast provides general information and discussion about energy healing, spiritual topics, and related subjects. The conversations and other content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials are not intended and should not be construed as medical, psychological, and or professional advice. If the listener or any other person has a medical concern, he or she should consult with an appropriately licensed physician or other healthcare professional. Never make any medical or health-related decision based in whole or even in part on anything contained in the Angels and Awakening podcast or in any of our linked materials. You should not rely on any information contained in this podcast and related materials in making medical, health-related, or other decisions you should consult a licensed physician or appropriately credentialed healthcare worker in your community in all matters relating to your health. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. Again, angel messages, energy healing, and the information you receive here does not constitute legal, psychological, medical, business, relationship, or financial advice. Do not take any of the advice given in any Angels in Awakening podcasts or sessions in lieu of medical, psychological, legal, financial, or general professional advice. Please note, Angels in Awakening is a podcast produced by Chicago Energy Healing, a company with locations in Wheaton and Naperville, Illinois.